The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levins and your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And we are on voiceamerica.com. We're on the Variety Channel. Welcome. Welcome back. If you're coming back, welcome if you're brand new. I appreciate all listeners and the show is really showing a lot of growth and so I really appreciate the participation. I will ask you and give you addresses, ask you to follow and give you the addresses to do so. Facebook, it's Illuminating Now. It's just all one word. And Twitter is at sign Illuminating Now. So it would be great if you'd follow on Twitter, and it would be really great if you check out Facebook because there's a lot of questions. There's some contests. We read answers, which we'll be doing t- um, next week on the show about different subjects that are, you know, they, they provoke some thought. And I really appreciate that you guys are answering with some pretty deep Thinking, because your answers are pretty phenomenal, so thank you. And it's wonderful to share them on the air, and it's wonderful to build the community where we're all kind of learning from each other. So please do continue to follow and share and participate and listen. That's all great. My personal website is qualityforlifecoaching.com, and I am glad to do a complimentary session with you on the phone or Skype and then we can work further together or maybe it's just a complimentary session and that's all and that's okay with me. If you have any ideas you'd like to hear on the show, I would love to hear those as well. So please be aware that I'm really open to ideas for the show, new guests on the show. If you would like to be on the show, um, I'm very open-minded here. We are a community and we're building it together. So it's great. And the website is being redesigned. There's a new blog coming out. It, it is already up and running, so do check it out. There's a lot going on there, and I would appreciate you taking a look. Today, we are going to speak with Sherry Stoneberger. And, you know, some subjects, they're not easy to talk about, and they are challenging, and that is all the more reason to talk about them. Enlightenment is a good thing, and sharing and understanding and people's personal experiences are the best way we can really relate, that it's not just some scientific book, it's somebody who's gone through something. Sherry's going to describe her amazing and really special lovely daughter, Melissa, and they have a wonderful life, and Melissa was born, and there's a lot to say about who she was, and often called Missy, so you'll hear me refer to her as that as well. Missy did face becoming ill. They made their way through a life that was far different than some doctors said that life would be. And 
the diagnosis. So, you know, she, Melissa being very special, Sherry being very special, and we're going to learn the reasons why. So I want to just start by saying, Sherry, it's a big deal that you come on and, and express some vulnerability. And I know that it's also a great joy to always talk about Missy. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I, I really appreciate it. You're so welcome, Lindsay. I, I um, love to talk about my daughter, so it's a, a great joy to do so. So I really appreciate that, and believe me, our listeners will appreciate that because whether it's anything you've ever gone through or someone you know, you know, just talking to someone like Sherry, you're going to hear a lot, and and believe me, you'll come away with some wisdom you didn't have before we started. This is a two-part series. We are going to talk about life with Missy and life with things that happened and diagnosis and medical issues and, and just also wonderful pieces of what that relationship was for Missy, family, friends, Sherry. And next week, we're going to talk about the continuation of the story of some of the diagnosis and medical issues and what ended up happening. So I want you to be aware that please stay tuned for this show and please tune in next week because Sherry is our guest again as we continue this story. But let's start with the beginning, Sherry. So you have... A son first, is that right? Is your son Mark That's was correct. born first? My son Mark was born first. Yeah. So, okay. How many years later you have this beautiful baby girl? Five years later. Five years later. Okay. And so, was what did you feel like? You had a boy. Now you had a girl. It's five years later. I mean, is, was that just you know was everything okay? And did the birth go well? And was it exciting that you had My a girl? Goodness. Yes, my goodness. She was just um, this perfect picture of health. Um, just passed around in the hospital looking at this cute, precious baby that was just looked like everything was just absolutely perfect with her. So yeah. It was just elation. She was just a joy. I mean, she was just one of those easy babies that really didn't really have any problems, always just was early in doing everything possible and just a pure joy to everyone who met her. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen, I mean, I certainly have seen baby pictures. She's so, so precious. Um, so, so something starts to go wrong medically. Did you notice that or was that a regular doctor appointment? And can you tell us about, you know, what age this is and what happens that starts to change life a bit? Well, Missy, she actually was very early in developing um, her verbal skills. She's, talked it really early, like eight and a half months. I came oh home from the grocery store, and um, her nanny um, lady down the street said, oh, did you know that your daughter can talk? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And she said, yeah. She said, oh, Missy, what is, what's that dog's name? And, the, and, of course, she said, that's Maui Dog. You know, just like a big <laughs> sentence already. So she was already just like that. And then she oh walked very early as well. She walked at 10 months. And um, I started to get a little concerned at a year because I saw that something was um, amiss with her her right eye, that it started to turn out a bit. And so I immediately took her to the pediatrician, and he said, oh, don't worry, it's just a weak muscle, you know, you know, that happens. They just go in and clip it, and it's fine. Um, so he said, but just to make sure, um, you know, I will set up a consult for you um, 
with an ophthalmologist. Um, we were a military family, so we had to wait a couple of weeks before we could get in to see a specialist. And um, at that time, um, we got in to see the specialist. She had already lost the vision in that eye. And um, so they immediately started to think that, you know, she had um, a brain tumor that was sitting on her optic nerve. And, and that's uh, what happened. She was immediately um, went through all the tests and diagnosis and went through 14 hours of brain surgery. And um, then her little brain swelled so big that they had to take the skull out and freeze it. And she um, was in a coma for um, at least three months and where they had exhausted every little um, vein they could to keep her alive. So it was at this moment when they took her off all life support that um, she didn't pass away. I knew. Wow. So, I mean, you know, I I know that you and I have talked, and I know pieces of this story, and I learned a lot, um, you know, the more we've talked, but I never knew she was, you know, at this young age and at any age in a coma for three months. And, And so... What were you expecting? What were the doctors expecting when they took her off life support? That she would pass away. And they basically, it said if she lived, they would give her um, three months to six months to live. And But I knew in my mind, in my brain, that this girl, if she refused to go, she had something that she had to do. And so... Um, I knew that she was going to be an extraordinary gift, and um, she basically has um, endured um, lack of vision, um, lack of of ha- being on medications all her life to uh, replace a lot of the hormones that comes with being in the hypothalamus area. Um, so. Uh, I knew that this girl was not going to give up, and I knew that I would never give up because she, I was going to teach her to walk and talk again, and, and that's what she did. And wow. The main, the main thing is I was hoping and praying that she would have the same. The doctors always tell you the worst, of course, and they say, you know, you, a lot of times these kids have personality changes. A lot of times they eat the glue off the chairs and stuff like this. And so <laughs> I knew that I had my challenges. But this little one, she was not to be, not to give up because she was going to see and do and try and keep working at being all she could be. And that's exactly what she did. So, and I want to hear about that because that's, it's, it's, it's really purposeful to hear about Missy and hear about you and, and both of you, I think, being tremendous inspirations. But I want to still follow this story along. So you get this news in your heart. You're thinking, okay, if she survives this, this, this little girl has something, some purpose here to play a very strong role on the planet. And did, did you have a reaction? Did you, did you process that you were going to lose your daughter or did you just never really believe, you know, at this, when she was in a coma and they unplugged life support, were you just, you had your own connection with her and understood she's a strong girl. This little girl's going to get 
get up and get back to life. You know, did you, did you feel that or did you have a, a part of your life in that early, early time where you had to process, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to lose her. I'm going to lose my little baby. Did you go through that? I, oh, yes, of course. I mean, there, there's days and days and days that we just, uh, that I would just stay there um, at the hospital and just shiver and just look out in space and, and even my son Mark would he would say, "Well, Mom, is she is she going to pass away?" And I would say, "Well, we have to have faith." And so one day I was really down because she was really they didn't expect her to make it. And so he looked at me in his big blue eyes and he says, "Mom, where is your faith?" So I decided that that this little boy at five had faith. And that I knew what it was. I knew that we had a long, long journey. So I said, you know, basically, I have to walk in faith for Mark and for this little girl who deserves a chance. She, she's fighting, and she deserves a chance, and we will make it everything we can be. So what I learned was that basically whatever it is that you're handed out that day, you have to make the best of that day. So I along with some friends, was um, talked our way into after she was so sick and after she had, they had taken her off for life support, she still had tubes and stuff, and, and her brain was so swollen that she had this fluid that made her head fall over. You know, she couldn't hold it up. Yeah. So I, I would talk the doctors into letting me take her for an hour and um, introduce her to her surroundings to maybe start getting things in her brain back to to normal or back to what it can be. So very early, I worked so hard in and making sure that she was really, really had the chance that she could. I was determined to 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 help her to to be all she could be. So, um, I guess, you know, it was seeing her fight so hard that I knew that I had to fight even harder for her, right. which meant you have to study in the medical libraries. It wasn't like then, you know, where you, or you could find everything on the internet. It was like, right. you go and you stay in the, in the library and you research and you talk and you, you make sure that you know, understand what they're telling you. It was, it, was, it was something that it was the passion to learn everything you could about it, her disease, and, and see what we could do about it. I wasn't yeah. prepared for a lot of things because you don't know exactly what's working and what's not working. As it turns out, she's had to, she had to stay on a life of medicine and shots every day. Um, so it was, it's been a crazy journey, but one that every day you wake up and you think, oh, my goodness, this girl, what is she going to do today? What kind of joy is she going to bring to someone? Or you know, That's the way Melissa lived her life. How, how did you live your life now? Like at the time that this all happened, were you working? Did you have a job? What, what was going on with you as you started to understand what was, you know, she was surviving, but like you said, lots of research, lots of questions, wanting to fight for her every step of the way. So that's a lot of dedicated time. How did you start yes, living I had, your life? I had, um, I had been teaching school until 
um, kindergartners until actually um, I had Melissa. And so after school was out for the summer, she was born in May. So um, I took a, a break from that and then just took care of her. Um, so um, during that time, basically just enjoyed her. She was you know, just the delight when they're the first year is always so delightful anyway. And mm-hmm. um, after the surgery, in months of being there every day, um, I had a really, really good friend brought up a pair of running shoes, and she said, you just cannot sit here every day. You've got to try to get out and do something. So that's, that started my running journey. <laughs> And I would get up at 4, 4.30 in the morning and try to get a run in. And it really honestly helped me so much in the sense that you cannot worry when you run or exercise and you see things differently. And I was able to accept a lot of things that I don't think I would have been able to had I not started running. And again, that's that's. I've always known you to be a runner, but I didn't know that's when that. So that so that's what was your inspiration to become a runner was to be able to get a release, have time to think, let yourself be free for a moment in time, and and just the whole exercise concept. You're right. There is something that happens there that clears your mind and gives you strength. So that's when that began for you. Uh yes, yes, absolutely. And also, I'm I've always had a lot of faith and family that supports that faith. And I just knew that um, that God wouldn't send Melissa my way unless he had plans for her and for me to take her and help her be all she could be. And so that was my commitment um, always is to make sure that... Uh, she had everything that she needed, and uh, in doing so, boy, she changed the world around her. So. How did you manage? So now, whatever you're doing to do with Melissa, you still have Mark, and you still have just a life to live and manage, and now there's doctor appointments, and you're talking about medications and shots daily and, and keeping such close track. How do you coordinate that? Life. How did you, you know, fit in taking care of your son and connecting to your other friends and having your own life and identity, and and still being so attentive to, you know, the demands that Missy did have. I think basically, I'm always been a very disciplined person and always um, most likely a Type A person where I had to do the best I could do in everything, sports school, everything, and, um, the, you know, and being one of 14 children in my family and being number 10, you, you kind of had to scramble and make it, you know, you, you kind of were on your own to figure it out. So um, I think being disciplined and having core values of faith, family, friends, and fitness, I think that basically that kept me um, going along and never giving up. Melissa also had some very special attentive doctors that were by her side, um, fell in love with her um, all along the way, and 
um, one particular doctor ended up staying her doctor for 22 years. So wow. she really had some some people who cared about her. And she was the kind of kid that you just wanted to take an interest in anyway. She beat the odds, and she's just, um, you know, she was always funny, you know, made people laugh and happy, and you just wanted to be around her because that's just the way she was. What were her favorite things? Like, as she so she's starting to grow up now, and, you know, yeah, I mean, again, more that I've learned from you and from different stories, um, you know, she she just was a constant delight. But what were her favorite things to do as you watched her grow up? Did did she have some favorite things that sort of stayed with her through life? What, were they always changing? Did she know things that she liked to do? She liked to try everything. She um, she particularly loved art, and she was quite the artist. And um, even in her last days, she was quite the artist. Um, she um, and she was just one of those people who could write. Uh, we always teased her and said that, "Oh, Melissa, you should try to get a job with Hallmark because she was always." <laughs> She never forgot a person's birthday, and she always had some beautiful lines that she would put in there and always try. She always made people happy. She, that was her gift was to make people happy. She was just um, somebody who had many, many talents of going the extra mile to make someone comfortable or happy or that was what she liked to do. She also liked to shop a lot, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really cute. And where, so where did she learn? To, did she like to shop for clothes? Did she like to shop for toys? Did she, you know, did she just uh, like the experience? She liked the experience of getting out and seeing things. I think the, the biggest challenge for Melissa in her entire life was uh, transportation and um, being someone who had a mom that, was trying so hard to um, make ends meet and make a life for her kids that they would be protected and taken care of. A lot of times, you know, she would just have to come along with me, and a lot of times she, you know, would want to go and do something and didn't have a way to go and do something because she was um, um, legally blind. And so her dream always was to... Um, have that have Google come out with that car that drives itself, and so last <laughs> year she was she was wanting me to buy that car for her. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. She, she That's liked, great. She loved her independence. Um, she absolutely loved her independence. So yeah, she, and and she, go ahead, go ahead. She taught so many people. Um, that were disadvantaged or a little bit disabled, how to um, take BART, transfer to a different county. Um, she was not afraid. She would take anybody anywhere in the whole entire Bay Area and be able to have them exactly where they needed to be without getting lost. So she had. Um, she was a very organized um, girl who had a plan every day of her life and made sure that she did something productive every day. So who, 
is that you that teaches her that? I mean, she how would she know to go anywhere in the Bay Area, let alone help someone else get anywhere in the Bay Area? <laughs> because she was very innovative and she was very creative and she was absolutely a doer. How did she, I mean, I, I, you know, again, I know you, Sherry, and I want to talk a little more about your career and stuff, and we're not there yet, but but these are all qualities you have, for sure, being very uh, inspirational, motivated, ambitious, mover, shaker, you know, just getting things done. And is that where she learned it? Did you model that for her and that's where? Or do you feel like she came to the world with an agenda of her own and she was a sharp little cookie and she knew to... You know, how, how would you know to get around the Bay Area on all these transportation methods? I know it's pretty amazing. Um, I think that um, she was a sharp, sharp girl. And also probably with me being out and about, you know, with my line of work and also having to, to go to Stanford or um, San Francisco for treatments, that she took note of everything, and she just knew how to get to everywhere. We, we, you know, she went everywhere with me. I mean, to every um, convention, every um, thing that I had to do, she just went with me. So, um, thank goodness, my clients have always been so supportive in that, too, and they all knew her because she was always there with me. But she was very sharp. She could get herself anywhere she needed to be and teach other people how to do it as well. And did, whether it's your assessment or medical assessment or, you know, as you reflect now and as you reflected through her life, was she growing at, you know, was her brain slower? Was it faster? She's, she clearly had some areas that she was so stellar in and so sharp were there areas that she was also slow in because of a brain tumor i think so yes uh, definitely i mean she had gone through you know um special classes because she was legally blind and she had issues because she you know didn't have the depth perception so um she couldn't get around as easily as other people but as far as uh, getting things quickly, oh, my goodness, she, she got things very quickly. She was sharper than most people in a sense. But, to you know, if you, you ask her to do a job like taking an uh, um, administrative job or something like that, I'm, you know, I'm sure she could not have done it. Although she had her own agenda with what she did, she had many jobs. And um, until the last day, she... Um, you know, she would go and volunteer at convalescent homes, making those people happy, teaching them how to do a craft or read the, read to them, play cards with them. And she she just was one of those people who had it all. I mean, she'd go to her art school in Oakland, uh, creative, creative Growth Center there, do her arts, which was sold all over that so we, it's, they were even on Good Morning America recently, I think, um, with that art program, and she had art shows that she attended. Her her where her art was in the art shows all the time, and um, it was so frustrating because I would go there when the show opened, and some of her pieces were have already been taken because 
she she was a very good artist, very good artist. So she did her art. She did her um, going to um, the convalescent centers and giving her time there. And also she helped develop a a ministry for um, disabled people um, as well. So she was busy, busy, busy all her life doing all that. Yeah, yeah. She, like I say, she was really, really unique in in what she touched. And I saw some of her art. Certainly didn't wasn't able to go to any shows or anything. But um, but that's just magnificent. And and what I saw was uh, something pretty magnificent. So we're gonna we're gonna head off to break. I want because I want to talk about changes that you made in your life, your career, how you managed it, and a variety of things after break because. Again, as you even said, your your clients and taking her places, you know, how you made those decisions and how how that worked out. And ironically, what kind of inspiration you created for this girl growing up. So we are going to take a break. We are on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson, and we are with our guest, Sherry Stoneberger. So we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. A lot of interesting stuff coming up and really valuable. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater, as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Ooh, are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, we're back. This is Lindsay Levinson. I am your host at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, and we have our special guest, Sherry Stoneberger. And we're talking about a subject that is challenging and sometimes not easy to listen to, but extremely valuable. Um, We in the world have to touch subjects that are challenging and it is of great value and someone will come forward and tell their story of their life and put themselves in a little bit of a vulnerable spot here on a radio station like this. So I really appreciate Sherry is here to talk about her daughter, Melissa, who was born and a beautiful, wonderful, lovely, uh, very quick developing, sharp as attack little girl who also got diagnosed with a brain tumor at a very young age. And the prognosis was not very positive from the doctors, but that's not how Sherry saw it. And she saw some things in this little girl that were going to be very strong pieces she would contribute. And Sherry was right, and Sherry was also a part of certainly developing this opportunity for Melissa to grow and to inspire her. So I want to just bring us back to that point. I I never know when you all tune in, so I want to make sure I sort of update you on where we are and tell you thank you for listening and and thank you for being here with us because these are important subjects. So Sherry, okay, you were a teacher. You took time off. You had Missy. All of this medical stuff starts happening. It's happening fast and it's not going away. It's become, this is becoming a part of daily life on managing how to make sure Missy's okay. So you changed your career. Can you talk about that? Yes. I, um, I wanted to see what I could do that would allow me flexibility in taking her to her appointments and um, making sure that I could be home, you know, when she would get off of school and um, basically be there for them when when they needed me to be. So I thought that I would um, take up a career that would give me that flexibility. And someone had asked me to or told me that I would be so good in real estate, so I'm going... But I don't really think so. But as it turns out, I as a as <laughs> something that I thought that they thought I should do, I took those t- state tests and got my license, and and it was very um, um, it it worked for me because it's something that um, I could do well and um, still take my daughter along with me or pick up my son from football practice and and do all the things that I needed to do and still run a business. So, and wearing different hats, but, you know, somehow, some way I managed to do so. So it was, it turned out to be a good career for me. And you're raising these two kids and, at, you know, I, I haven't named the exact juncture, but I'll just say, 
you're a single mom at this point, correct? I mean, yes. you're trying to, yeah. So you're you're providing what is needed, and and that does take a lot. And so you made a name for yourself, certainly in real estate. I I know that about you. Um, that you've done you've done really well. But you work very very hard, and and you love your clients as well. You're you're. You know, you've got a heart of gold. I mean, I, again, have gotten to know this about you. And where, where is this? Is this do, you, do you think this comes from your ability? Because it, it stretches you thin to still have all these clients, have these needs. It does give you flexibility. That, that is true. It's not your 8 to 5 job. But I've seen you work, and I understand your work ethic, and it's more than 8 to 5 for sure. So... How, you know, do you think this came from being in, in a family with 14 kids? Is this an ethic that you learned from your parents or your older siblings? Uh, can you talk a little bit about your life that gave you your way of having a work ethic or even an ethic at all and how to raise your own children? I believe so, yes. I, my parents uh, were hardworking immigrants from Denmark, and they basically... Um, you know, we're farmers, and we all worked at a very young age. I'm just very privileged and blessed to have been born poor, and which <laughs> taught me that if you wanted something in life, you had to go and get it. You had to work hard and get an education. I remember my dad, he died at a very young age. I was very young when he passed away in an accident, but I remember him saying Education, 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 in his thick Danish accent. But, you know, uh, I was also probably where I was in the mix that um, taught me that basically I was going to have dreams and I was going to, to do what I needed to do to get out of the farming community and into an environment that I could learn and be educated so I had big dreams way young to do so, and um, my uh, mother was a writer, and she always had dreams of writing a book and and uh, never did get to it because she had so many children. But I know that she um, inspired me, my father inspired me as well, to do more than just um, sitting there getting married like most people do in the Midwest at a very young age, just but to dream and have dreams and never let go of the dreams. You just dream big. And so uh, for me, I always wanted to teach my children that, you know, that you basically work hard and that you aspire to be more than you can be. And I think Melissa inspired me to be more than I could ever be. I mean, my inspiration was always goes right back to seeing her try so hard at things and knowing that she's looking up to me, you know, you know, you know, you got to, you know, push yourself <laughs> a little bit more physically so you can walk again and things. So when you, when you, when you, someone's depending on you and you, they look up to you to know your, that you have to help them and you need to, to, I never give up on anything. And for Melissa, she was my inspiration, my total inspiration. I never saw things that she couldn't do, but only things she could do. 
and wow. he did many, many things. And and your son Mark, being five years older and watching this, were you able to maintain a close relationship with Mark? Was he, you know, very observant of what this was all about? Did life, you know, did he fend for himself? Certainly, learning again from you, you're you're a go getter. So, but but how do you think Mark handled this? He, Mark handled it well. Um, however, he's he's kind of a quiet. Big gentle giant, you know. He's a uh, one of those guys that doesn't really have a lot to say. I mean, we could drive to Tahoe and um, have conversations about the kids, but you know, he's he's kind of a quiet guy. And you know, just recently, as he started to grieve with Melissa passing, you know, thinking, you know, wishing he could have done more or things like this, like we all do. But um, it's. It's taken him a little bit more time to process because he inwardly keeps things to himself. So yeah. he was a very popular guy and, and a very nice guy. Very, very. He's always just been very helpful and nice. And so, but he's you know he's processed it a lot differently than um, than probably some would have. Right. Right. And he, now he got married and had children, right? Yes. He has three daughters. He has three daughters because, again, from what I do know, and I would love you to speak to that a little more, you know, Melissa became an inspiration. I mean, Missy was a huge inspiration for those daughters as well. They really adored her. And, it is do you is that true and and is it because she was innovative or was she an inspiration in in what she was accomplishing or was she just also I mean she was just a pleasure to, to be with like you said she loved to take care of people she loved to make people laugh she loved to so she understood that they were these younger girls and she could teach them things and do projects with them and so they had that kind of relationship right yes and they adored Melissa and Melissa adored them and she had this way of making each one feel special and you know she'd go around the corner and call each one of them in and have you know do something with them or you know they they just she always made everybody feel so special um it it was pretty interesting in the sense that um her um extended family my brothers and sisters all feel like melissa has always been the glue that held our huge family together because once she was turned on to internet, she pinged everybody at five forty-five in the morning because <laughs> she knew and kept everybody of the family just going. You know, they just they all knew about Melissa and what she was doing and what she was planning for the day, and and she had a way of of telling each one of them, "Oh, you're my favorite aunt." You know, they they finally got together and said, "Wait a minute, Melissa said I was her favorite." Aunt. <laughs> But she was the big jokester. She would, you know, she played jokes on people, and she just was, had that knack of making everybody feel like they were so special. Right. And, and they were. Yeah, and they were, yeah. And and like you're saying, yeah, where you're, when they get together and be like, well, wait a minute, she said. But she had such a desire. I mean, she really innately knew that what makes a person feel special, what makes a person feel unique, what makes a person feel wanted. And 
She really, that, I mean, that's something that is really amazing because most of us in the world don't do that all that well. We, you know, we want to, but it's not that easy to make other people feel special. You know, we're, a lot of us live with insecurities and that kind of thing. And so Missy was just this down to earth, true, just, you know, the biggest heart and coming from the most authentic place, you know, it wasn't from an insecurity where she needed to be better than someone. She just couldn't lift people up enough, which is really, really such a fabulous trait. Now you're, so you're in real estate and again, you become good. You're a good real estate agent. So you're busy and, and very conscientious of your work and your clients and the concern of their life stories. And again, I know you and I know that, you know, there's nothing that's all business in any capacity about you. You are about faith. You are about love. You are about caring. And you used real estate as, you know, that, that is a very personal thing, finding people their home and watching people exit a home and so were you, were you able, are those the appointments you're saying you brought Melissa to? Did you bring her to things, you know, when you were dealing with clients very specifically on a home deal or things just in the business, conferences and conventions and traveling? What did you bring Melissa to that you talked about? Most everything, especially, you know, when she was, uh, you know, in her teens and, you know, 10, 11, 12 and that age, she had told me that Melissa had said, you know, Mom, when I'm 24, I'm going to move out. And she did. Shocked me. And I was in tears for a month, you know, worrying about her, worrying about her getting her injections. But she handled it all. She handled it. And she, and basically that's when she started to really, really blossom. She, you know, she'd have a lunch date almost every day with someone, you know, around in the community or one of her friends or whatever, she didn't mess around. She didn't sit in a room and wait for somebody to ask her to do something. Melissa was out there. She was often made fun of because she was um, um, a little heavy and and couldn't get, you know, her vision kept her from, she'd bump into people sometimes. And and, um, it would hurt me more so as a mom. And I would ask her, and she said, Mom, don't worry about it. Just like water off a duck's back. You know, that's their insecurities. I don't have those issues. So um, wow. she had such an amazing self-confidence. And even to the point of writing her um, her memoir, so to say, in December before she passed in January, about her life's journey. And uh, it, I, I mean... I read it and I'm thinking, this girl got it right. She got it right. You know, if you read the words of her journey, the self-confidence and what she was really all about, she said it in that um, memoir. She knew who she was. She knew her frailties. She knew her weaknesses. Sometimes she makes mistakes, but she's loving, sweet, kind, all those things that, you know, that all of us would have a hard time saying about ourselves. But she could. She could. Because she knew who she was. All her weaknesses and frailties and all her medical issues didn't bother her. She knew who she was. Didn't complain one day of her life. 
So as she's getting tired or in in the last few years, it it sort of really bothered me. I said, Melissa, you know, maybe it's time for you to move home, you know, so I can keep a better eye on you. And, you know, she said, I'll let you know. She said, I'll let you know. So she knew who she was, and I don't know if a lot of people in my life or uh, my journey know who really they are. So, you know, I have to smile every time I think about that. But, you know, I also still cry every day, you know, because I miss her so much. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is very true. I mean, it's... There's been a number of different guests on this show, and but a lot of things come back to knowing who you are, having an identity, self-love. Like, in other words, it doesn't really matter what we're. It could be a lawyer on the show, or it could be an author, or it could be. But people talk about what you really need, and most of us don't have. And we spend some time addressing this. Is you know, hopefully, talking to the listeners out there, find out who you are, take the time to to find what, you know, what is your purpose and, and, and do you love yourself? And, and if you don't, are there things that you could do better? And, and again, mostly an identity, a, a definition of an identity helps you be strong. And so again, she was wired. I mean, I still say she, you know, I can't help it. My, my own personal opinion is she got a lot of it from you. I mean, again, like you said, and I think it's a powerful statement that you made, it was the greatest blessing you were born poor. I'm not sure I've ever heard anyone say that before, but what a powerful statement you made there because, you know, it it began to be a complete learning experience for you as in your own childhood and your own growing up and with your own siblings and the inspiration of your own parents to understand who you were so that you could have dreams come true, so you could aspire to greatness, so you could find things that were special and that made you, so you are unique. I mean, who has, you know, who is one of 14 kids? I mean, who loses their dad at a young age? And, and you know, and, and also you had an older brother that was a big inspiration to you. Is, isn't that true? I mean, all your siblings, I think, played a certain role, but didn't your older brother, he was quite a bit older than you and he kind of took took charge yeah, of a lot of took, uh, he took the the kids and every easter he would make sure that we had a new easter dress and uh encourage us if we needed money for books for college he made sure that we had them and just a real inspiration took us all in at one point in time or another and and let us live at his house and so we you know could make it on our own but we had we had great role models in our lives and um, our family is still so close, so close that they have a huge party every year at Fourth of July, and there's like 150 people there every year. So it's an amazing family, amazing family. And uh, most of my family would say Melissa was the glue that held everybody together because she was up early and she was pinging everybody. Um, but she also <laughs> had ideas about how to keep this family together. She she ran. Um, uh, the country store, we call it, where she, she, you know, people would have things for little kids to buy, and we'd have an auction every, every, every time we have one. We have an auction of handmade things. A lot of her artwork has been auctioned off in the family to raise the next money for the next party. But Melissa was such an inspiration for for everybody that they were just fighting over her artwork. <laughs> last year. So, um, 
Yeah, Melissa, my goodness. I um, She has just inspired me to do more. And since her passing, I set up a foundation that will help um, other disabled people or her ministry or her art in in um, Oakland um, do many, many things. So we're working, I'm working hard to continue her legacy that she did. And I will until I can't breathe anymore. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're going to have you on next week and we're, and we're going to do another show because I want to talk about what a, a bit about that legacy, but, um, yeah, I, you know, the, the country store, just her passion, her passion, like you said, to be the glue and to draw the family together. And as, as this show, we're, you know, I always say, and I'm saying it more and more, you know, time, time flies. So we're getting to the end of the show, and, and I, that's why I'm so glad you're going to be on again because there's more I want to talk about. There's, we're, we're far from done <laughs> talking about Missy. She's just so special. And um, I just want to, I, so I want to thank you today for being on the show and, and you know, look forward to next week. I'm going to do a couple logistics I do to close this show, but um, thank you for being on, Sherry. It's, it's been amazing, and I look forward to getting to continue this discussion a bit. You're so welcome. Anytime I get a chance to talk about Melissa, it's always a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have certainly seen that in you from, from you know, the, the whole story from the day I've met you, Missy. I can see what, what a place in your heart that she holds, and it's amazing. So I guess I, I want to talk to you listeners and say today we have had Sherry Stoneberger on and, and, and she's really dedicated so much of her life, but her love and inspiration and her own education. In other words, she's learned from her daughter, Melissa. She's watched this beautiful girl contribute. And, and so we've talked about how life can be meaningful and what you face and what struggles are and and certainly Sherry's attitude is is one for all of us to emulate. I mean, making that statement that, you know, being born poor is a blessing. What what a great thing for all of us to stop in our tracks. We are a society that we like quick gratification and we don't we don't want to be poor. We want the money to do the things we want, have the freedoms we want, and go the places we want. But the question is, how do you learn the ethics? How do you learn an ethic of being a really good person, of having a big heart, of taking care of others? So here's my Lindsay's life secret for today. A mother's ability to rise above all odds. Now, I'll give this to a dad too, but I'm going to distinguish a mother because I really do think there's something very innately built in a mother. And so a mother's ability to rise above all odds or even create miracles, that's actually a reality. We think these are often myths, but moving a mountain is what many mothers and parents, you know, again, not just mothers, I want to make sure I'm clear, but there is something very unique mothers are capable of doing. And these are the stories that show us how, listening to Sherry, listening to what happened, what the doctors said. So fight for what you believe in and fight for those you love and tap into your personal belief and strength to make your own miracle a reality because that's very precious. And again, we are having Sherry on next week. I want you all to tune in. It's going to be a very valuable show. We are 
going to be talking about Melissa and her passing and what that experience was for Sherry and for others and also what a legacy and what a purpose is and sometimes how you find that out upon someone's passing. Do follow us still, as I said, because there's important things. We are going to read answers to some of the questions that we asked about this subject matter and um, those will be read on the next show as well. So please do tune in for that. That's And again, if you want to see that Facebook thread, that's Illuminating Now on Facebook. In the meantime, I want to just say, you've been listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Sherry Stoneberger's been our guest. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. And you guys are busy people. You have a choice. You make this choice. You choose to listen to this show. So I thank you so much. Tune in on July 16th, part two of this series. And in the meantime, have a really purposeful and amazing week. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 